Hi, this is Kenya Koviak, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. This evening, we're going to talk about a project you can do with your country friends, with your city friends, and all the friends in between. We're going to talk about something we can do as a group, and I think that you're really going to like it. It's wintertime now here in the United States, but overseas, I think you're heading into fall. So this is something you can plan in advance for seed saving. And that's for people in the Southern Hemisphere, but we're in the Northern Hemisphere, so we're in the cold time now. And the project that I am going to propose today for you, and make sure you write it down in your book of stuff, so that if you don't get a chance to do it this year, you can do it next year. But I think you can do it this year. So the project will be to create a seed exchange club. Now, the first thing you might think about when you're thinking of the thoughts exchange is that you automatically have to give something to get something or have something to offer of equal value. And that's not always the case. Sometimes an exchange can be good energy. Maybe the other person doesn't have seeds to exchange with you, but they have really pretty ribbon. It's really down to what it is that you value. But in this particular case, we're talking about a seed exchange. We're talking about garden seeds. And remember, there are all sorts of gardens. So it doesn't always have to be a vegetable garden. It could be a fruit garden. It could be something like ornamental plants and flowers. It could even be water plants like lotus flower pods or things like that. Which, by the way, it is possible to plant some of the lotus seeds from your craft store after you scarify them and actually have them start. I won't guarantee it, but I know people who have done it here in Michigan and I'm really impressed with their results. So the first thing you want to do is figure out, one, what kind of seeds you'd like to exchange, which ones you'd like to give out, what you can afford to give out, and two, what kind you'd like to get back. The next thing you'd have to do is the second most important part, and that has to do with the peopling. Let's talk about that now. So we're to the next most important part, and that's the peopling. That means who are we going to populate the club with in this particular endeavor? Will it be only family? Will it be only friends? Is it a work project? Are you a caregiver in a facility? And is this for the residents? Only you can decide how large, how small, and where your exchange is going to take place. You also have to decide when you're picking people to, you know, to be part of it, how often will this happen? Is this going to happen once a year, twice a year, throughout the season? That's something that you have to look into. And it's a pretty big part because 
if you started off with a large amount of people and it dwindles down, then you don't want it to dwindle down so far that it really just isn't as much fun as if you had started it off with a small group in the first place. It could even be just two people. But if it dwindles down from a huge amount, it, it doesn't feel the same. But if it grows from a small amount to a bigger amount of people, then that can become overwhelming. So you kind of want to just make sure that you have a core group, a very small core group to start out in your endeavor. Trust me, I know the temptation is to make it huge, but I would go no more than five people to begin, at the very most six. But anything over that, you're running into personalities and scheduling, and it's really not as intimate. And if you want to expand it, you can make small cells of five or six person groups and do it that way. But try to start small. It's simple. And keeping it simple is a little bit easier, don't you think? Let's go to the next part. So the next part is you want to figure out how you're going to do the exchange. I mean, the most common thing would be everybody get together and have picnics or luncheons or brunches and you just exchange then. But hear me out. Just just hear me out. If you do it through the mail, not only are you helping the postal service stay alive, but you're also bringing back the art of letter writing. This will be a great time to practice calligraphy or cursive if you can. And it would be fun to go to maybe even as simple as the dollar store and get yourself a, a nice little set of stationery. Or you can make your own. And we're going to talk in another episode about how to make your own stationery just for you without using a computer. But yeah, you can do that as far as get your own stationery. And then, you know, it's, it's like a little treat because you have the whole you know, ritual of going to the post office after you've put your seeds in your envelopes and made your addressing and put your stamp on and you made the trip to the mailbox or to the post office and you sent your little mission of love out and it would be just a fun thing, a time that you spent just doing something just for you, not online, not on the computer, not for someone else to see, something special just for you. And we don't have a lot of that anymore. So this is definitely something that could definitely be special. And you can even make it more fun by adding a ribbon or adding little bitty holders or place markers for the seeds in their rows. You could really go all out with garden tags. But um, there's another part we need to get to. So let's go there. Okay, so we've got our mailing going, but before we do anything else, the utmost important part, we've already picked what kind of garden we want as far as seeds, but now we have to figure out what others might want and pick the plants and the seeds that we're going to be dealing with in this particular venture. One thing I like to do for beginners is give them something easy to plant. Almost anybody can plant lettuce. Lettuce wants to grow. Lettuce is like, let us grow. 
I I saw that you're groaning again. I know, I know, I know. But no, seriously, hear me out. Lettuce will grow almost anywhere. We literally spilled seeds into my old porch and the water and the seeds got together and I had rocket and lettuce and all kinds of things growing out of the porch itself. Lettuce will grow almost anywhere. And it's one of the easiest things to begin with in your, your journey. The next easiest thing for people to grow, and no, it's not going to be the tomato. I know you probably thought that it would be that, but it's really not. The next easiest thing is the bean. If you send out beans, people like beans, and it's an easy thing for them to grow. Growing beans is fun. Also, flower seeds. If you just get a simple pack of flower seeds, they want to grow. Trust me, especially the wildflowers. They will grow almost anywhere as long as you pay attention to the needs of those flowers. If it says a a shady mix, put them in the shade. If it's a mix for sun, put them in the sun. Following directions is extremely important. And we can get into different kinds of flowers for different regions and other episodes, but this is just a general part to get you started. Looking for beginner kits for children, like a children's garden, will probably be the easiest and most economical way to begin your seed exchange because most of those plants are going to grow and most people are familiar with the plants that will be involved. And the seeds aren't hard either to get hold of in your, your shopping. So let's talk about packaging. Because here in the U.S., we have a really good postal service, we don't really have to worry about it once it's mailed off. But what you do need to make sure is that you package your seeds in such a way to keep them safe. And I recommend a nice envelope. And even uh, that one store that starts with the letter M and is a boy's name has these really cute gift card envelopes. But if you are going to send the regular seed package, you don't have to worry about it. But if you break a seed packet down into maybe two or three sections, like maybe there's 80 seeds in the pack and you send like 20 of the seeds to each person, then you wouldn't need to get the smaller envelopes. Do that and then double double wrap it. So have it in your bag or envelope, like a gift envelope, and then put it in a larger envelope and then send it. Make sure it doesn't get wet and then send it off with lots of love and preferably a note that says, hi, you know, how you doing? Give them some greetings, tell them about your day or about your experience planting this particular plant, you know, or your wishes for how it should be, you know, be planted. Like if you know some hints, like, hey, if you grow the basil and the tomatoes together, they'll like each other, you know, anything extra you can add or even just like a a picture of a fairy or a coloring page for meditation, it's up to you. I know that um, up here, some people add citrine to their their garden when they first start it to help the plants grow for that crystal energy. So you could put that in your book of stuff and add that to the envelope in a little note uh, with the seed packet that would make them happy. Just as 
an aside, did you know that in many communities, you can actually rent or purchase plots or allotments so that you can garden away from your home? There's many here in suburban and city Detroit areas, as well as in Hamtramck. And there's a wonderful program here that has its own seed exchange club called the Keep Growing Detroit Garden Resource Program. I can't recommend it enough. You do have residency requirements, but you can take that same model and fashion your own larger seed club after it. They get their seeds mostly in the beginning from Johnny's Selected Seed Company, but now they've been saving seeds so long that oftentimes the seeds are already being recycled from gathering. Don't be afraid to save your own seeds. We're going to do an episode on that. That's upcoming. So let's, let's get back to our topics, okay? All right. So I guess that we've come to the end of this really short episode, but I think it had enough information to get you started. If you have a chance, reach out to your friends before the season begins and start going through seed catalogs, either online or in person. Figure out what you'd like to grow. This is especially useful for people who don't have a lot of space. If one of you grows one thing, like onions, and someone else grows garlic, and someone else grows leeks, and someone else grows alliums or ramps of another sort, that way everyone can exchange them, especially after they're already grown, to have a big harvest potluck or even exchange. If one person grows carrots and another grows radishes, again, you could get together and exchange them, especially when the garden has a glut that's when everything starts to get ripe at once. I know that if I grow bok choy and carrots and someone else grows beets and cabbage, we can exchange throughout the year to try to fill out the areas that we didn't have space for in our own particular plots. And don't be afraid to look at houseplants too. People like houseplants. I like houseplants. If you're really adventurous and meet in person, you can also share brambles, blackberry, raspberry, We used to do an Earth Day Fair every year, and we always would cut up the blackberries, brambles, put them in pots, and give them away. And even to this very day, the blackberries we've given away, as well as raspberry cuttings we've given away, are still in people's gardens and producing very well. So don't be afraid to branch out to things like that as well. Okay, so we've come to the end of another episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me here. I love talking with my friends and we're friends, right? And I look forward to seeing you again on my magical Cottagecore life. Goodbye.